The ongoing coronavirus pandemic has had a significant impact on residents in the Bay Area. It is critical to capture this moment in our history. The Oakland History Center of the Oakland Public Library wants to capture the stories of our residents and workers to help inform the generations to come. Submit your stories to the COVID-19 East Bay Community Archive at oaklandlibrary.org slash COVID-19 archive. and welcome back to Check Your Shelf, the Oakland Public Library podcast. I'm Dorothy Lazard, the librarian who manages Oakland History Center at Oakland's main library. And I'm Amy Martin, the community relations librarian for the Oakland Public Library. I'm the regular host for Check Your Shelf. In a typical year, we'd be hosting our fall history series today. But 2020 is not a typical year. So instead, we're bringing you the Fall History mini-series podcast. We've said this every week, but let's say it again. The ongoing coronavirus pandemic has had a significant impact on residents in the Bay Area. It is critical to capture this moment in our history. So the Oakland History Center is collecting submissions for the COVID-19 East Bay Community Archive, which will be an online collection of pictures and stories from East Bay residents and workers like you living through the coronavirus pandemic. Okay, so 2020, not a typical year. And I'll say whenever I'm in a time that feels weird or hard, I wonder about it in context. And I wonder how does this compare to other times in history? Is this actually the weirdest time that we've had? Has my um, community ever been through a time like this before? So. Has there been anything like this, like the coronavirus pandemic, um, that's happened in Oakland before? We've had um, quite a few health emergencies that impacted all of the Bay Area, all of the East Bay. We've had polio epidemics and, and certainly the 1918 flu epidemic, pandemic, that was a pandemic, which impacted us greatly. And we see if you know anything about that episode in history, we see a lot of similarities in how both health emergencies have been dealt with. Summer, big spike. Does this sound mm -hmm. familiar? Yep. Huge spike. Mm -hmm. Presidents like, oh, it'll be over by fall. Does that sound familiar? And then he wanted people to get back to work because it was messing up the economy. Mm -hmm. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Uh, we were fighting over whether to mask or not. As a matter mm -hmm. of fact, the Oakland's mayor, Mayor John L. Davey, was uh, arrested in yeah. the state capital of Sacramento for not wearing his mask. Was daily life impacted as, as severely as it has been in the 2020 pandemic and the 1918 pandemic? Like, were schools closed? Were the schools were closed. People were told to stay inside, to wear masks, to... Mm -hmm. leave their windows open so there could be breezes flowing in and out hmm. so really a lot of uh, you know, to keep the germs of, uh, uh, moving along theaters were closed churches were closed so a lot of people had to shelter in place you yeah. know that was a new thing it was a challenging thing just like it it is for us now yeah 
So um, we're just kind of living in this spool where we're not really launching out of the spool or away from the spool. It's It's going to end. That's what I keep telling myself. 1918 ended too. Yeah. Well, we still have the flu and we still don't have a, a, we have a way to live with the flu, but we never had a Mm -hmm. cure for the flu. What kind of materials do you have in the Oakland History Center about the 1918 pandemic? We have lots of newspaper clippings. We have photos. We have a few things from the health department, a few uh, bits of ephemera from the health department, you know, warning residents, you know, how to behave, how to stay safe. And I think it was as challenging as it has been for us. I think it was even more challenging for them because we didn't have the media that we have today. We didn't have that mass media 24-hour news feed that they that we have today. Which can uh, be good and bad. <laughs> which can be good that and bad. But, you know, as far as the uh, dissemination of right. useful information to protect yourselves, they didn't have that. And also, you know, medical advancements are as, as grave as the situation is now. Medical advancements... Uh, have helped us quite a bit. Did it seem like the 1918 pandemic had the same impact in terms of racial disparity? Well, I'm going to go out on a limb and and say likely, although I can only say with any certainty of uh, a very high infant mortality rate in West Mm -hmm. Oakland, Mm -hmm. uh, the health disparities that impact the African-American community now were certainly present back then as far Mm -hmm. as being able to afford medical care, having access to medical care, Mm -hmm. having the ability to take time off to recuperate from any ailment. Right. And so, uh, you know, having the kind of job that will allow you to take time off, you know, if you're working in the service industry, as we see today, you're not likely to be given those benefits. Yeah. So, without any documentation in front of me, um, I would say likely, yeah. Yeah. So you and I talked once in a a previous episode of Check Your Shelf about the importance of collecting stories from communities and community archiving to create Mm -hmm. documented history of a city. And it sounds sounds like that's very much what you're trying to accomplish with the COVID-19 East Bay Community Archive. Is that right? Absolutely. It's not just to preserve our stories, but it's to create a document for future generations Mm -hmm. to learn how we dealt with this, I can't say unprecedented, but certainly this very challenging episode in our history. It will inform them, I hope, of, you know, what happened to us, but Mm -hmm. also what they can do better or how they can respond differently or how they can respond similarly. Yeah. You know, our our lives change so dramatically, so quickly, you know, just on a dime. You know, the library is closed, the restaurants closed, the schools have closed, the parks have closed, the parking lots to the parks closed, you know, so (laughs) So uh, the theater is closed. And so society changed very abruptly and had immediate and consequential impact uh, financially and Mm -hmm. will continue to even after we get a vaccine, I believe. 
that's something that's so cataclysmic that we really do have to, I think we have a responsibility to preserve some of those stories. I mean, we can't capture what everybody's thinking, but when a society changes that quickly and the world changes that quickly, it's not just us, yeah. but when the world changes that quickly, I, I think it's our responsibility as citizens to say how they changed, how we reacted mm-hmm. <clears throat> in good and bad ways, how we reacted to it and yeah. how we got through it. You know, that, you know, all of this is part of a, a larger yeah. story. How do we get through it? How do we survive? And there's something hopeful about archiving because it suggests that there will be future generations. There will be future interest in oh, yeah. the subject <laughs> I need of to the hear archive. that right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and also I wanted the archive to be relieving to mm-hmm. people, you know, because we're yeah, in a state of, we're grieving. Yeah. You know, we're grieving yeah. our, our relationships. We're grieving our routines. We're grieving, you know, our visits to parks and beaches and, you know, grieving, you know, simple things like just being able to sit across from somebody without a mask on mm-hmm. and uh, hugging good. people. I miss hugging yeah. people. Mm-hmm. I have some super cute uh, toddler neighbor kids uh, across the street. And yeah. I haven't hugged them in months, you know? Yeah. I, you know, I can't hold hands with them. I can't, you know, yeah. have shake my hand or touch my hand. And it was just recently I got in somebody's car and that yeah. seemed like, mm-hmm. you know, I was on a ride at Disneyland or something yeah. because it was like, when was the last time I was in somebody yeah. else's car? I realized recently that I might, I might not get to take my daughter to toddler time at the library, which is something I've wanted to do since I became a librarian like 15 years ago is take my future kid to toddler time because mm-hmm. toddler time is really cute and fun. And now she's 18 months old and she might be too old for it. Yeah, who knows? But I feel like it's very easy to, to write these things down. It's very easy to write down Everybody wore masks all the time. You couldn't be within six feet of someone. You couldn't give anybody a hug. Things like that where you kind of quantify the losses a little bit at a time. And you can write those things down and we can record this change, this change, this change. But the emotional impact of it, I think, is, is harder to capture um, because it has been such a tremendous shock. I know for me, it, it's like I remember feeling like the reality of what was happening dawned on me once a week or so at the beginning, I would just have this like crest of, oh my God, this is happening and like have kind of a, you know, a strong emotional reaction to it. And then there was a point a few weeks in where somebody said something like, oh, it's going to be years before we do that again. And it just sort of the reality of how much time this is going to be and how long life would be different for sort of just smack me in the face and like, I think I cried a lot, but I also, I also started to reach a, a stage of some acceptance around it. And mm-hmm. Well, the pandemic a hundred years ago lasted two years. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, back in June when people were like, oh, it'll be over by September. And it's like, right. not, not, not really. That's not yeah. how it happens. And if you, and, like, if you had told me six months ago, two years, I would have freaked out. But now when I hear two years, I think, great. I just don't want it to be the rest of my life. I don't want it to exactly, be exactly. 70 years. And, you know, I have spent a lot of time thinking, how is it impacting the kids, your kids age? 
who are just learning how to read facial expressions and who are just learning how to, you know, reach toward people and interact with people who are not their immediate family. Mm -hmm. uh, how will this impact those children? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. There are a huge amount of uh, sociological impacts that I think were worth preserving and recording. You know, it's so not the, just, oh, we're all working from home, but we're actually changing who we are in order to get through this safely. So with um, the submissions that you've gotten so far for the COVID-19 East Bay Community Archive, what sorts of things are you seeing from people? I'm really curious what people are coming up with as like a representation of their experience in this. Some of the narratives have been really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, there's a picture of the Oakland Auditorium from the amphitheater that's at the foot of Lake Merritt. Hmm. And uh, it has rent strike. So during this time of the pandemic and the shutdown, we have had a lot of merging uh, social movements happening. You know, a rent strike early on in the shutdown also the social justice uh, movements around uh, police shootings of innocent people. And so some of the uh, submissions reflect those kind of uh, intersecting um, social movements. And I think those things are all pretty inextricable. So mm -hmm. because I like, when I talk about, when I talk about the pandemic or the summer, um, I, I find myself thinking I'm really referring to everything. It's the pandemic, it's the economic crisis, um, it's Black Lives Matter, it's the police mm -hmm. shootings and the protests and the unrest um, all, around all of it. Um, it's just kind of this time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll just read a couple of questions and a couple of answers for each question, okay? Okay. What is or was an average day like while sheltering in place? Someone writes, I'm a working mom. I've been working from home since March and has, ha has had a toddler in the house at the same time. Things have been chaotic and challenging. I'd love to submit a photo of me and my daughter. I'm working. She's in the bath, multitasking at his best. Okay. There's a picture of a lady sitting on the toilet next to the tub. She's watching her baby in oh, the good. tub. She has her <laughs> laptop on. So uh, people right. are doing a lot of stuff. I'm glad you completed that picture for me. <laughs> Someone else writes, I work from home, so I commute from my bedroom to my desk in the living room for my 6 a.m. Zoom meeting Monday through Friday. Most folks on the call are on the East Coast. I usually have to keep my sliding glass door to the balcony closed due to the loud music from one or more parked cars, even at 6.30 a.m. <laughs> I tend to go only wow. out to the grocery store about once or once a week. I always say I will walk the lake, but only get out three or four times a week. I, I guess what I, what I want to be asking you right now is what's your submission? What changes really stand out to you? I'm kind of obsessed right now with the, the upcoming presidential election. So I, I, it's hard for me right now to kind of tease out politics from the health emergency mm -hmm. as you can probably imagine i'm kind yeah. of interested in how we as a nation are going to deal with the pandemic 
it depends on very much who gets into office in November, doesn't it? Yeah. What do you find yourself noticing just going about your day? Like, uh, like, do you notice when you're walking along that everyone's wearing a mask and it stands out or I, you know, Amy, I don't even remember. I don't even feel like I'm wearing. it's just a part of my face now. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you feel about it, but it feels like I've gotten so used to being masked. Yeah. It's just kind of hard to think about what February was like, you know, before we were mandated to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find them. I mean, I walk around my house now. Yeah. With a mask on, you know, I'll come from outside (laughs) and then I'll have the mask on for like an hour or something which is kind of sad and I, I yeah. kind of want to go back. Uh, Somebody I know um, was saying that now masks are just like part of your underwear collection. Like everyone mm-hmm. has their drawer of masks. At yes. this point. <laughs> it's so normal. Um, what I find really interesting about the, um, the imagery of everyday life in the pandemic is that it's, it's often these like very insignificant objects that have taken on a whole new significance. So toilet paper, hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer. They, have this, they have this like incredible significance that they did not have before. Um, yeah. Or it's, uh, it's like everyday life exactly the same as it usually is, but it, it's almost like a, what's wrong with this picture? I've seen a couple of photos where everyone is like spaced apart and, you know, kind of staggered in a picture. So they're all taking mm-hmm. photos mm-hmm. together, but they're all staggered. So like, it's a group photo, but everyone is standing but they're not grouped standing. together like what is what's going on here so yeah i feel like well, um, yeah yeah i don't know i still i think i'm out of the phase now where i'm i where i'm like looking for people who aren't wearing masks and thinking silently judgmental thoughts about that <laughs> i'm a little bit on that train too i mean i ride yeah. the bus i ride the city buses okay. i'm on ac ac transit every day every work day you can't get on the buses now uh, without a mask. So that's a good thing. But uh, a lot of people are wearing their uh, mask very uh, incorrectly. So I noticed that quite a bit. You know, it's under your chin, it's under your nose, that kind of thing mm-hmm. is happening. Yeah. So I don't know. When I've been doing that, I try to recognize it as a, a way for me to assess the threat that's taking place around me because this is so unknowable and we know so little about how this, how the disease works and transmission. And so it's kind of, it's me scanning my environment for, Hey, what's, what's threatening in this environment. And it's funny. Cause yeah, the first thing I go to now is always mm, that mask is under that person's nose. No, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When is this all going to be available for people to look at? We will be accepting submissions through uh, December 31st, and then early next year we'll be curating these submissions. And then our partnership with California Revealed, which is a state library initiative, they will then be curating things for us. I'll be working on that early next year. I'm thinking most maybe late winter, early spring. Okay. Uh, we'll have something that can be publicly shown. Yeah, that's really exciting. 
Mostly we've gotten photos. We also have six basic questions that people can answer. You can also submit a blog post or a website or a audio recording. People can submit uh, video recordings. It's going to have a lot of flexibility, right? And exactly. And yeah. that's what we wanted. We wanted there to be flexibility. We wanted there to be people able to kind of share in different ways what their experiences are. And another thing I thought was really important in building out this digital archive is that we would be able to share with the public just a different variety of ways that people are expressing themselves during this time. You know, like a kid on a scraper bike going around Lake Merritt with his mask on. The way we set up the form, people could kind of self-categorize their submission. Education or psychological impact or illness or how your work has changed, a sociological impact, that kind of thing. And we also have the, uh, the submission form in Spanish and Chinese. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to reach as many East Bay residents and workers as we possibly could. Is it going to be on, it's not going to be on OPL's website, right? No, it's going to be on California Revealed, okay. uh, which is where many of our historic collections in the Oakland History Center are housed. What kind of messages do you think people in the 1918 pandemic tried to leave for us? Do you see any of this kind of community archiving effort in the materials that have been left? I mean, that was a hundred years ago. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think people thought someday in the future, there's going to be another pandemic and people will need to know these things that we've experienced? Hmm. I don't know if they did. Uh, the interesting thing about the, uh, Spanish flu uh, epidemic, pandemic, is um, no one really wanted to talk about it afterwards. Hmm. You know, it was a very traumatic national health emergency. And um, like I said, the soldiers were coming back from World War One. You know, the armistice happened in the first season of that flu. Okay. And people didn't really want to talk about it. I mean, it, it kind of cut a scythe through society, hitting a lot of very young people. And people just didn't want to talk about it. So there wasn't a whole lot left to archive. Wow. Yeah, because it was so uh, grim an occurrence, you know? Yeah. I don't remember learning much about it in school growing up. Mm -hmm. I, think I, I think I maybe there was a passing mention in a textbook, but yeah, mm -hmm. I've never known much about it. One thing I think about, and it's a, a thought that kind of gets me through harder times is, um, and I think this is a way of sort of mentally distancing myself from what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. I think about, um, I think, what is my daughter going to be assigned in school about the 2020 pandemic? Like what kinds of questions is she going to come home and ask us about the pandemic that happened when she was one? And what are, what am I going to tell her <laughs> about life today? I'm putting together, like I made a baby book for her first year and then shelter in place started right after her first birthday. So I'm working on a, a scrapbook for her second year. That's going to be like, well, <laughs> pandemic journal. I have a pandemic a journal that I keep. 
Oh, okay. Um, what do you put in it? Is it like a scrapbook? The pandemic journal has statistics about how many cases are in Alameda County. Mm -hmm. They have things about mask and masking. They have, um, you know, I've collected all kinds of things about the Black Lives Matter protest uh, because those things to me, in my mind, are intricately tied in that, you know, we're at a st such a state in our national lives that people didn't care that there was a pandemic, you know, yeah. after George Floyd was murdered on camera by a peace officer, people came in, got out into the streets to protest, regardless mm -hmm. of the potential spread of the coronavirus. So that those kinds of stories end up in my pandemic journal. Do you show it to anybody? Do I show it to anybody? I have not, but um, I guess one day I could. I mean, I'm going to leave all my stuff to the Oakland History Center anyway. Oh, good. We'll finally okay. have. We'll finally I did not have. I get so excited <laughs> about the, the thought of you right. eventually Thanks, dying. Amy, Sorry about that. Um. <laughs> oh, yippee! We get yourself when you die. You know. <laughs> someday. Someday. <laughs> Never, never mind. We will never get. We will not have Dorothy Lazard's papers. We're going to get through it. We just have to be careful. And the yeah. very least we can do, right, is wear a damn mask. So easy. To help people. The very least. Literally nice. couldn't be easier. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad that Oakland History Center is, is doing this and that we're going to see the results of it early next year. I just encourage everyone to submit if you are a hospital worker or a park worker, someone who works with the public, someone who maybe couldn't work from home. We'd like to get their submissions too to find out what life has really been like for you these past six months or so. And uh, always continue to support the Oakland Public Library. Thanks so much, Dorothy Lazard. It's been a lot of fun doing this miniseries. All right, thank you. Even though the libraries remain closed, you can reach the Oakland History Center staff by emailing us at eanswers at oaklandlibrary.org or by calling 510-238-3134. Check Your Shelf is made possible through a mini-grant from the Friends of the Oakland Public Library. Through grants and special programs, the Friends support the critical work OPL performs in our community. To learn more about the Friends, visit fopl.org impact.